Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. Some people suffer from what is called the holiday blues. Should be greens and reds, right? But every once in a while, holidays go blue. But why? Why do we go blue over the holidays? Is it even a real thing? Or in our imagination? Or just a memory from a song? Well, indeed, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, 64% of people report being affected by holiday depression. But why is depression attached to what is supposed to be the holly jolly season? Research shows it may be triggered by the financial, emotional, and physical stress of the season. But what of those who are sad simply because they are facing the holidays alone? Even if you have never experienced the caliber of a holiday displayed in a painting by Norman Rockwell or in his cover illustrations of everyday life in the Saturday Evening Post magazine, there seems to be a longing for that sublime existence in many of us. And none of the sugar plums dancing in our heads project an image of being alone. So what is one to do who finds themselves alone for the holidays? Just find a bunch of parties and fake it? Catherine Aponte says no and offers a different path for us today. You know, there are a lot of reasons you may be on your own over the upcoming holiday season. Some we choose. Some we do choose. Some we don't. Some of you have been on your own for a while now. Others are newly on their own. Aponte says this may be a good time to reflect and not just find alternatives to the more traditional holiday activities. Please welcome Catherine Aponte psychologist and author of A Marriage of Equals, who will help us explore the reflection during this holiday time, giving our brain an opportunity to pause amidst the hustle and bustle of the season and sort through the various ways to think about life. Welcome, Catherine. Well, thanks, Mary. So glad to be back on your podcast and talking about such an important area. 
it is very important, and we're happy to have you here to help us through it. So you suggest breaking the topic of dealing with being alone during the holidays into three chapters. So uh, that's kind of what we're going to do. Let me introduce each chapter once at a time and maybe four minutes on each, starting with chapter one. You have been Uh on your own for a while by choice. Right. I think uh, one of it's uh, one of the first things that uh, you want to do in this chapter is to review the reasons for your choice. You know, it's a good time when you're self-reflecting to think back of why you originally chose to be chose to be on your own. Uh, for example, would you make the same choice? Uh, if not, why not? Uh, it's also what you might want to think about after you've thought about that a little bit is is it time to make changes that might lead to being not on your own if you're not happy with being on your own. Uh, Perhaps you may need uh, some help in making some changes to uh, not be on your own. However, it's also the case that you may decide that you're good with your choice. And, you know, many people do choose nowadays to, to be on their own. And I think we need to value those choices. I think we need to value other people's choices and not impose our own biases on them. So if you are good with your own choice, what, uh, what are on the holidays things that you most enjoy and continue to do those things? Okay. So I think that's a good way to, to talk about uh, if you're on your own and you're, you're happy with that choice. And I'm glad that you suggested that chapter because most people do. They impose their own feelings like, oh, poor her or poor him. He's on his own. And some people really, they're okay, okay with that. Absolutely. It's a really legitimate choice. Uh, so we have to honor that. So um, let's go into the more common, I think, chapter two, being on your own, not by choice, maybe an unwanted divorce or the death of a partner, that type of situation. Yeah, and I think holidays are a tough time for people who are in this kind of situation. So, again, a lot of times people want to just distract themselves from whatever they're feeling about this. I, I'm, you can find all kinds of wonderful things to do in the holiday, but it also may be a time to do some self-reflection. Uh, I think this may be a time to note the loss that you've experienced. Uh, maybe you, it's time to, even if you've done this before, to share again that the sense of loss that you experience with share it with another person um, and and just honor your sense of loss. The next thing that I think you might want to do is w- reflect on whether there are some old habits that you've carried over from when you were not on your own that need to be outdated. One of the things you might want to think of is you may have you made new friends that fit your current situation. Uh, are there old places that you go that maybe you need to find new places to go that better suit where you are in your life? And um, you do want to assess, I think this is a good time to assess, are there some old hurts that you have that uh, you may or may not have resolved uh, or difficulties in being on your own when you don't choose to be on your own that still hang on? Uh, it's a good time to make an assessment of these things, and, and don't be afraid to do that, because if you raise these things, 
you may find that you need to have some help in uh, working through these either anew or for the first time. So be sure that you're open to seeking help. And that help can be professional help, of course. I mean, I'm a psychologist. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, li- I like working with people. But a good dear friend is another, is another option, and a minister is another option. There are a number of options. And think broadly about who might be able to help you hang on, talk, review old hurts or, or some difficulties that you're experiencing that still hang on. I'm glad you pointed that out, too, because a lot of times people jump to psychologists and they're fantastic and any kind of therapy is, you know, sometimes can be key for some people. But, I, you know, people don't often think of like their minister or just a good friend. So Absolutely. And, you know, therapy can nowadays can be awfully expensive. And it, it also is very important to find somebody that you can work well with and sometimes take some time. So utilize other resources as well and explore the resources you have in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point, too, And that, you know, if you're not happy, if you do go the therapist or psychologist route, um, you know, if it's not a fit for you, don't be afraid to go on to someone else because there is help yeah. and <laughs> there is help there if you just uh, it, find the fit. And Mary, it's very widely known that the quality, and it's been demonstrated research-wise, that the quality of the interpersonal relationship you have with a therapist is very important in having a good outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right, so we're just whipping through this. So we've got some time to center on Chapter 3. What if you are newly on your own? I think if you're newly on your own, the important thing that you want to reflect on is going to be the sense of loss you feel. Surely you're going to feel that. And uh, if you're not, then you this may be a good time to, to reflect on that. Being on your own when you choose when you're newly on your own, and you particularly if you've chosen not to be on your own, you will feel a loss. But even if you've chosen to be on your own, you will feel the feel the sense of loss of being with somebody in some kind of an ongoing, it perhaps intimate, perhaps friendship relationship. That uh, you will feel the loss. Don't be afraid of feeling that it is a part of human experience. Uh, And I I do want to interject just a little thing that I personally am working on right now is the idea that normal experiences that we have, life experiences, become pathologized, you know, make them depression. Having a sense of loss or being lonely is a part of human experience. It's not pathological. It's what you expect to feel across the lifespan of experiences that we have. So... The important thing is be aware of it and be sure to talk with caring others about it. Do not keep things to yourself. Uh, And again, related to this, you may experience that heightened sense of loneliness, particularly around the holidays. And be open about this. People are, people, I do not believe that most people will be afraid of your sense of sadness, your sense of loneliness, your sense of loss. Be open about it. You don't have to cover that up with friends. And just because you share that with friends, it does not, it is not necessarily a burden for them. Lots of people, I think in situations where they're struggling with things, feel like they're going to be a burden. I think that's, that sense of feeling like you're a burden is part of 
the sense of loneliness is a sense of loss. You are not a burden to other people. They have choices to be with you or not to be with you or to, to be helpful to you or not. So try to get rid of any sense of burden that you have when you need, when you wish to share what's going on with you with other people. Um, you may want to think about uh, the things that you have done on your own that you find enjoyable. Review. There are going to be there may be lots of things that you miss if you're in a in a, a relationship newly on your own, and you have to start thinking about perhaps doing some things differently and things that you wish to do on your own or to find new people to do the enjoyable things with. Uh, but do follow through on those things that you find enjoyable. And if there needs to be done with somebody else, work, try to work out with friends of yours, things that you find enjoyable. And again, when you ask for this from people, do not feel asking something from somebody is not being a burden on them. You have to give other people the right to their autonomy and to be able to understand when they do not wish to do something with you that they can say no. But please do not feel afraid over be or to be asked for time to be with people or to share with people. And uh, be aware that doing things on your own is going to feel uncomfortable for a while. Uh, and, and work through that and continue to make the effort, even though it's at first when you do something on your own, particularly if you've done it with a partner before, it'll feel hard. And don't don't be afraid of that work through it, continue to do the things that help you move from being being with someone to being on your own. And again, on any of the things that we've talked about to, today, Mary, I, I want to encourage people to reach out to other people. And again, reach out broadly. It does not necessarily have to be a professional. However, if you find yourself getting stuck, then it probably is a good idea to seek out professional help. So you made a lot of good points there. I, I want to hone in on a couple of them okay. um, uh, a little further because I agree with you 100% about, you know, everybody thinks they are a burden or nobody wants to listen to my troubles or they'll think I'm a bummer to be with. But really, in my experience, and it's not always true, but in a lot of my experience, somebody else might be feeling the exact same where you're feeling. And when you expose yourself to it, you allow them to expose themselves to um, back to you and kind of uh, not misery loves company kind of thing, but you can commiserate together. And sometimes it's like, oh, I never, you know, I thought I was crazy to feel that way or I thought I was unreasonable to feel that way or whatever. And if you're going through the same thing that person is, you give them an opportunity to also uh, allow themselves to talk to somebody. I think that's exactly right. I really agree with that. And just re I want to reinforce that other people are, uh, when you reach out to somebody, they are responsible for saying, no, I'm not available now. You know, can we talk another time? Or they might even say to you, I, I really love you and I want to help you, but I'm just not comfortable talking about this right now. You know, people, you, you, you can reach out with the understanding and the knowledge and trusting that other people will be open to what they can and they will let you know that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I also liked how you uh, pointed out that 
loneliness or feeling alone is not just subject to the holiday blues season. You know, it's very normal for people to feel alone. I mean, you can be in a room with 20 people and still feel alone. So I I love that you pointed that out. Right. And again, I want to emphasize that these feelings, loneliness and sadness and uh, are not not uh, diseases. They're not we we oftentimes too much rush to label things like that as being depressed or anxious or any of a number of kind of uh, uh, pathological experiences. And I want to reinforce that in in certain kinds of circumstances, uh, when you have when you just lost somebody or and you're in a new situation, these emotions and these experiences are absolutely what to expect to have happen. They are not pathological. I feel very strongly about that. Good, good. And then the last thing, too, I I liked was, um, you know, when you directed folks to just try new things, because, again, it's it's all about attitude for everything in life, I think. And if, if your attitude is dwelling on the loss instead of the opportunities, Let's say, like when you're saying find new things, maybe you always wanted to hike, but your mate didn't want to. And now you're alone and now you're like, okay, well, I was never kind of in a situation where I could go do that on a Sunday afternoon because we did X, Y, and Z. And now I can. I can go do things that I've always wanted to do, new hobbies, new jobs, whatever, that might have been holding you back now you're free to go do that. So that's a great, you know, it's all about attitude. And I think there's another way to look at that attitude that you're trying to, that you're talking about, Mary, and that is sometimes you do things even if you don't wish to do them. And you will find that if you do them, you will, your attitude will change. So sometimes behavior becomes before attitude and sometimes attitude uh, uh, results in good behavior, and it can work both ways. So when somebody asks you out, for example, a friend asks you for, if somebody, for example, asks me to be in a book club, um, my first reaction is not necessarily to say yes. <laughs> uh, it's not something I like reading on my own mostly. Uh, but if I'm, you know, if I've recently lost my husband, for example, of a, quite a number of years, I need to respond to that kind of situation by saying yes. And I need to be open to thinking about something differently because my life is different now. And if I just go ahead and do it, I might find that my attitude about it, my enjoyment of it will change and not to build up any barriers to being uh, to have to, to have a new learning, to have a new experience in situations that we not thought highly of before. You know, once again, you have just provided so much help to us. And uh, Catherine, I can't thank you enough for being here. And I look forward to the next in our series because you really, (laughs) you really are great with our audience. Well, I'm delighted to, to be with your audience and with you too, Mary. Thank you so much. Well, that was just wonderful, but we are out of time. So it's time to high five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today's pocket, be kind to yourself.